Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. One night in 2005, it was a regular school night, and our son, our oldest son, Sage, is in the kitchen. He starts talking to us. He's like, Mom, Dad, he's like, I gotta tell you something that happened last night. And we're like, what? And he's like, so I got up to go into your room because I was couldn't sleep. And right, like, in the hallway, he's like, there's this, like, kind of, like, I think it was Bailey. And I thought Bailey was, like, standing, like, in your hallway. And he said, Bailey, what are you doing out of bed? Whoever it was went into the wall. He's like, and it wasn't Bailey, it was nobody. He was freaked out. So he ran back into his brother's room. And they were there, sound asleep. Bailey was not awake. I said, well, why didn't you come into our bedroom? He's like, are you kidding? I wasn't crossing, like, into your bedroom after I just saw that. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then one night, I'm bathing my boys, kind of our usual kind of routine. I um, was filling in the bathtub, getting everything ready. And I saw, as I was getting things kind of like ready for the bath, I saw, I could see this figure kind of like walk by. So I was like, oh, my husband just walked by. He went down into the family room, he was probably sitting on the couch. And I called out to him, I'm like, Robbie? And he wasn't there. And I was like, that's weird. Where is he? I just saw somebody walk by. And... Robbie? I called again, and no answer. And then, all of a sudden, I hear the front door open. Robbie? And it was my husband who had just taken out the garbage. And I'm like, really at that moment, had a moment of being freaked out like... What did I just see? I don't know why my mind didn't go immediately to an intruder, um, but it didn't. So, you know, I kind of told myself, like, okay, just brush it off. No big deal. You know, my husband and I bought our home in 2002, and it was a brand new home. To see a spirit, like, in in a brand new home is something that just takes you off guard. And I think, you know, if I had lived in a hundred-year-old home and had seen that, I don't know, maybe it would have felt like a different experience. Maybe it would have felt like this is somebody from, from like, this home, or it would have felt like that. My mind would have gone to a lot of different places. And so I felt pretty, like, safe. And, you know, my husband was totally like, oh, come on, there's nothing. So I, I really didn't make too much out of it. And then, a few weeks later, um, my husband and I are doing our, our regular kind of evening 
you know, sitting in bed, reading a book, and out of the corner of my eye, like swore I saw something. And you know, when you have little boys, you always think, oh, it could be my, you know, one of my kids standing there. Absolutely, that's where my head goes. It's one of our kids who's out there and nobody answered. I got out of bed, walked around the doorway. Nobody was there, checked on the kids. They were sleeping. And I said to my husband, I go, that was weird. I, I swore I just saw one of our kids and it wasn't them. Nobody's out there. And I said, it, it was so weird. And he said, well, what did it look like to you? I'm like, Honestly, Robbie, it was like somebody was just like this white that I saw. And it, it was like standing in our doorway. And he, at that moment, he turned like pale. I've been seeing the same exact thing for a couple of weeks now. And like, honestly, I did not expect he was going to say that because he's a non-believer of this stuff. I'm like, you're joking, right? You have not been seeing it. And he's like, I have 100% been seeing that. He then proceeds to tell me that over the last few weeks, he's been seeing kind of a figure in our doorway, thinking all the time it's the boys. Going on checking on the kids. It's not our children. They are asleep. And not being able to explain what he's seeing, like absolutely with every bone in his body, knowing that somebody's standing there as he's reading and he looks up and that person not being here. This was in 2005, and we knew that this happened on and off for a couple years. It just didn't feel like a ghost. It felt like a ghost, you know? It, it didn't feel like a spirit. It felt like a, I don't know how to describe it. There was a sense it was a boy, and it always was in the doorway. And white is the only way that I, a white, like, glow, light, is the only way I can really explain it. I didn't associate it really with any kind of thing that was going on in our house. So around 2007, I was like, you know, I'm like, I want to um, get pregnant. There was just this one month where I looked, I'm like, I want to I have another baby. You know, I, I really want to do this now. And I felt kind of like this urgent feeling, like I wanted to have a baby, kind of personal, but two weeks later, I was pregnant. And after I got pregnant, I swear to God, we never saw the spirit again. It, it just disappeared. I mean, you know, I found out I was pregnant, and we go through the same routines, and there's no spirit. And after a while, like, we both were like, that's kind of weird. That's weird that we're not seeing it. As time went on, it became very, very clear to us that it, it was gone. After the fact, as we looked back, it started to make a lot more sense. I believe that this abstract white figure was our baby, Dylan's kind of spirit waiting to be born. The spirit was always in the same spot, always in the doorway. And Dylan's bedroom is right next to our bedroom. So he was basically standing 
like in front of his bedroom and he looks like a little angel. I mean, he's just like big blue eyes, white blonde hair. And we get commented all, all the time when I'm walking, oh, look at that hair. He's got like white hair. I'm like, I know, he glows a little bit from that like shock of white hair. And I believe that he wanted to be born and he wanted to come to our family. And, you know, whether or not I consciously knew it, I think in my heart, like deep down, like there was something like, I need to do it. Something kind of beyond me a little bit. I need to do this now. I always expected if I was going to, be, you know, have like a, a, a story to tell, that it would be something that would totally freak me out. But I think it's a nice story because if you allow yourself to believe that we're all spirits and that, you know, these are our bodies and, and I believe that, you know, then maybe a spirit just comes down a little early and it's like hanging around until he's born. <laughs> Chisello, two-time best-selling author and international speaker on intuition, and you are listening to Real Paranormal Activity Podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, January 16th, 2023, episode 287. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, I'm glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, man, this has been a really mild winter for us. It seems like spring. (laughs) Only had a dusting of snow. Yeah, the climate has changed from what I remember in the past years. But yeah, this is a really, really mild winter. Um, But uh, Tuesday, which is tomorrow, there will be a new Aaron's Horror Show with Mr. Aaron Froyo. And Wednesday, as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, Terry is out of the hospital and he's doing fine. And I'm not sure if he's going to have a new episode out this week on Wednesday, but we'll see what happens. And then, of course, as usual, Fridays are a double feature with an entertaining short film. And make sure you watch them. And with that, you know, it's a short announcement. Nothing much to uh, report. You know, everything's doing just fine over here. And you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah, man. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And the fires are going nice and toasty in here. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And as you guys are doing that, be on my desk here. And I print off Britt's uh, packet. She emailed me. Let's see what story she picked out for us. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like we got uh, two short stories and one medium story. All right. Let's see what uh, let's see what these are. But let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man, it's so good when it hits the lips. All right, the first one. This one is by Summer, and it's titled "Lady in the Blue Dress." Okay, Summer. Let's see what you got, man. 
I was at Arlington Court, which is a beautiful old house and estate in the county of Devon, England, which belongs to the National Trust with very large grounds covering hundreds of acres of gardens and woods, with several lakes and a carriage museum. I was out on a walk with my wife and three young children last summer. This is at the old lake, which is on the 1.5-mile circular walk away from the house. I was looking at the children when I momentarily glanced away towards the lake. I then, in a split second, saw a young woman, early 20s, with blonde hair, wearing a long, pale blue dress, looking out over the lake. Then, she was gone. I looked back towards my wife, who had a strange, surprised expression on her face. I said, Wow, did you see that? To which she replied, Yes. We didn't say any more at that time as the children were present, but later on we compared notes. She described the dress as duck egg blue, and she saw more. A red picnic blanket and a coach with a woman moving off between the trees. She said she had an overwhelming feeling of peace and happiness and was not at all scared or threatened. I thought the dress looked Victorian, but it was more simple than what I would have expected. I later discovered that a small urn at that spot contained the ashes of the last owner of the house, and this place was chosen as it was her favorite place on the estate. She lived to be an old lady dying in the 1940s, she was born in the 1860s. I later saw some photographs of her as a young woman, which bore a strong resemblance to the woman we saw. Love your podcast. And man, that's from Summer Summer. Great story. Loved it. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, we get these all the time. And uh, you're not really, you know, you, you can't really understand what's happening. You know, when you see a person there and all of a sudden you just look away for a moment and all of a sudden they're gone. And of course, in this case, addressed in, you know, in a earlier time period of uh, clothing. So, yeah, it's not really unique. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there around the world that experience the same sort of thing. Yeah, Summer, thank you very much for sharing. All right, what do we got? What do we have here? This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This one is by Mike, and it's titled Ghost. Okay, Mike. Let's see what you got, man. While in Hawaii on vacation, we were staying at the Weston Vacation Villas, North Tower Room, Room 7632. We were staying in a room with our friend, who was staying in the other room on the sofa bed. In the middle of the night, I got thirsty, so I went searching for a bottle of water. I thought I had a bottle of water next to my bed, but couldn't find it. I went into the kitchen area trying to find the bottle and thought I might have left it there. Because it was dark, not wanting to wake up our friend that was sleeping, I was waving my hand over the end of the kitchen counter. Then I saw a person walking towards me, draped in white. I thought it was our friend. I was amazed that she walked by me and didn't see me. She was so close. 
I then grabbed a bottle of water that was on the counter out of a case, knowing I wasn't bothering my friend because she went into the bathroom. I stared at her as she went by me. I went back into our room and sat at the edge of my bed, and my wife asked me what I was doing. I told her I was waiting for our friend to finish. I needed to use the bathroom too. I waited, then went in, did what I had to do, and went back to bed. While in bed, I felt that something strange had just happened. I woke up, told my wife of my experience. I told her I have to see what color our friend's PJs were. If they were white, it was her. If not, it might have been a ghost. I woke up the next morning, asked our friend if they were the PJs she wore last night. She looked at me like I was crazy. Her PJs were red. Thank you for reading. And man, that was for Mike. Mike, thank you very much for sharing. Love this story. Yeah, you know, we get this every once in a while where you come up close to something and you believe, you know, it might be dark in this case, and you just assume that it's, you know, a family member or if you're sleeping over at a friend's house, you know, a friend or something. And then you, uh, they, they always sit back and they think about it, and they realize that wasn't my friend or a loved one. It was something else. And I always wonder what I would do if something like that happened to me. And I don't know. I think I would probably make all kinds of excuses to what it could have been, you know, I'm drowsy, I'm sleepy, you know, I, you know, blurry eye vision, it's dark, <laughs> so I probably make something up like that, but yeah, we get these uh, quite often too. Yeah, Mike, thank you very much for sharing. All right. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I never seen an apparition before, so I really don't know. Probably wouldn't believe what I saw. All right. What do we got here? What's next? This one is by Marvin, and it's titled, The Lady. Okay, Marvin, let's see what you got, man. I have been a mortician for over 30 years and have seen and heard all sorts of things in funeral homes and cemeteries of a supernatural nature. One such event occurred when I was managing a funeral home in North Alabama in the late 1990s. In that part of the state, there are many country as well as church cemeteries, one such cemetery in particular is Old Macedonia Church Cemetery. The cemetery is rather small and surrounded by a six-foot chain-link fence with entrance gates on only one side, located about a football field length behind the church. Most of the markers are uprights and too small for anyone to hide behind. Once I had a funeral there in the adjoining church with the committal to follow immediately afterward. Uh, being late August and very hot, I had asked the family to return to the church while the grave was prepared. I watched as the last person turned to enter the church door and then directed the cemetery and vault personnel to proceed. Within five minutes, the casket had been lowered into the vault and the vault about to be lowered. Looking toward the church, I noticed an older lady approaching, uh, about 25 feet from us. I was taken aback by how she had gotten so close to us so quickly without anyone noticing, and I asked the guys to wait uh, just a minute. The lady was dressed in a turquoise-colored Victorian-style maxi dress trimmed in white lace, and as she walked, I could not see her feet or tell she was wearing any type of shoe. 
As she passed, I asked her, How are you today? She did not look at me or even acknowledge that we were there, nor was there a breeze or anything from her passing by. In fact, the look on her face was one of determination, as if she was determined to go to a certain spot that she would not take her eyes off of. I watched as she continued to walk by for a minute or so when one of the guys asked why I had asked them to wait. Looking back at them, I stated, I wanted you to wait while that lady passed. They then asked, what lady? I responded, "Uh, that one. To my amazement, the lady was gone. I looked away for just a second or two. There was no way she could have gotten out of the cemetery or hidden behind a marker. All the guys denied having seen her, and I never described her clothing. Later at the funeral home, I was telling one of the other funeral directors about the incident when one of the cemetery personnel stated, You mean the one in the turquoise dress? It would seem he had seen her after all. Love RPA. Oh man, that's from Marvin. Marvin, thank you very much for sharing. Great story, loved it. Man, yeah, uh, again, we keep on getting reports of people seeing apparitions and, you know, they, uh, they don't communicate with you. They just, they're doing whatever they're doing. You know, kind of like a residual haunting or something. Who knows? But, uh, great story. Thanks again. And, yeah, it's a short episode. Three short stories, but, I mean, they're great stories. I always love reading you guys' stories. And for you new guys out there, if you have an experience that you want to share to the world, just send it to me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. And as always, I'm flattered that you guys come here and visit the RPA Network, and I'm glad you guys are enjoying what we have here. You may not like everything, but I'm sure there's something you might like. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britain, and it's also made possible by the LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you, and good night.